0: Welcome to the Arena Church podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. It's great to. Uh... Welcome everybody here and it's just great to be in this atmosphere of, of faith and for those who don't know, yeah my name's Christian and I you have to say that now with a number of campuses because there's people who are coming and new people coming all the time and if you are new, I am absolutely delighted. You, you might be thinking in your mind, actually no I'm not new, you're new. Uh, well that might be the case in terms of not being here for a few few weeks but the reality is we're absolutely committed to this, this campus and this journey, and it's just great to see so many people gathering uh, on, a, on a terrible Sunday morning in terms of weather-wise. Just a couple of things. First of all, just to say that Caroline sends her love uh, to you all, and she was very sincere in telling me again this morning, please let everybody know that uh, I love them, and I love being there, but um, our son, um, as many of you know, and I'm delighted that there's many people in Arena Church who uh, do some great things outside of church life, and uh, we have a lot of sports people and a lot of people who are very gifted in many different areas. and uh, And our son plays uh, national basketball. So as soon as I uh, finish the service here, I'm going to be driving over to the other side of Derby to a private school over there when he just performs for there, and then we're straight into Nottingham this evening as well. So it's a bit of a full day for us. But that's where she is. She's going to have to. She's in Ilkeston now, and she's going to drive him straight there. And, uh, but she sends her love to you. Is that okay? Do you receive that? Yeah. And uh, it's, it's, it's good. Well, Father, we pray in this atmosphere of faith that you would just inspire each and every one of us. i uh, just very mindful, Lord. There's many people going through all kinds of uh, troubling circumstances, challenges, uh, difficulties. And Lord, we, we, we do not underestimate the pain that that causes But Lord, as we draw circles, as we draw a circle, we stand in the circle and we stand on the promises of God. And thank you that we've been reminded this morning the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. And I pray, Lord, today that as I speak about dreaming big, that you would inspire a dream even in the midst of people's pain. In Jesus' name I ask it. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to dream big this morning. Anybody up for dreaming big? Give me a wave. Oh, there's a few of you. Okay, that's great. And uh, those who do know me know that I like participation. Uh, Phil Pye, who's our teaching pastor, he can just preach and he doesn't give a rip whether you say amen or no or whatever. He just keeps on going. He's brilliant at it. I'm a bit different. I work on reaction. I'm a reactionary kind of sort of guy. So the more reaction you give me, the more smiles you give me, the more yes and woo. You know, probably the better I may preach as well uh, this morning. So you better do plenty of them this morning. Okay, But we're going to talk about dreaming big and uh, as I said we've been, we've been looking at this series called Drawing the Circle and it's been great to hear ministry through the church uh, and how we can do that in Jesus' name. You know, Josh brought a message, and we've been uh, hearing about you know God's kingdom coming, the Lord's prayer, Thy kingdom come. Been talking about how we can draw circles around our families. Oh, if there's ever an occasion, and if there's ever in a time and a season when we need to pray circles, it's to, it's this season over our families. There are so many challenges that can come against our families. Is that true? Yeah. Against our children, against our grandchildren, and we're going to pray big circles in in Jesus' name. But this morning, I want to talk about. How how we can dream big, dream big. Now, I'm, I don't want to be the Tony Robbins of the Christian world. For those who know who Tony Robbins is, is a motivational speaker. You know, I'm not, I'm not here to hype you up, but I am here to hope you up. Yeah. So if you feel like, you know, life is really taking its toll on you, I heard a number of people say to me uh, recently that this year has been quite challenging, quite difficult in many many respects. You know, the antidote to that is not for somebody to come and go, oh, there, there, there. The antidote to it as Christian believers is for us to just lean into God and for us to get our sight on something different and for us to begin to see what he's seeing. Because he is not dreaming small. God is not dreaming small. His desire is that none should perish. His desire is that this world will be touched and changed. His desire is that Mansfield will be transformed. That's the heart of God through the church. Not just this church, but through the churches in Mansfield. And so he's he's carrying a dream in our hearts. And he's, and he's, he's shouting us on this morning. Guys, and he shouted on Arena Church this morning and said, Guys, I know you're in difficulty. I know you're in trouble. I know you've got lots of things surrounding you, but just lift up your eyes. Because as you lift up your eyes, you see where your help comes from. The Bible says, we lift up our eyes to the hills. Where does our help come from? It comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. That's where our help comes from. And as we begin to lift our eyes, we begin to see what he is seeing. We begin to dream big. Because God has got something for each and every one of us. Listen to me, your life is not meant to be lived in a small way. I'm not talking about you're going to be the next X Factor, you know, with a mic, giving it large, you know, all this kind of stuff. I'm not talking about you having a reality show. I'm not even talking about you being famous. I'm talking about you living with some purpose in your heart that brings influence to those around you. Because all we're meant to do is influence where God has placed us. Can I hear an amen? amen? It's true. And he wants us to live bigger than we presently live in. There was a young man by the name of Joseph. Who's ever heard of Joseph from the Bible? Even for those who may not have been in church. Because he had a fantastic coat. A fantastic coat. And there was actually a stage show produced by him. Joseph and the amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. I feel like I want to break out into a song. (laughs) I dreamt that in the fields one day at corn collecting time. I'll, I'll leave it there, okay. Amen. Yeah, amen. I was in Joseph. I know uh, Nathan was a little, he used to love the stage shows uh, as a young guy growing up, didn't you, Nathan, being in them. And I was, uh, yeah, subjected to having to be in one. Uh, St. John's, the middle school there, and I know it's now gone. I went to in Mansfield, and and I was part of Joseph. Wonderful. And I love the story of Joseph because although he made many mistakes in in his earlier years, what I mean by that is God had given him a dream and he went and then spouted it to his brothers. There was something that significant happened in this young guy. It was amazing. And there was a process that God took him on. But I want to just show you a verse in Genesis 37, verse 17 to 19. It'll come on the screens. It says, so Joseph was sent to his brothers and he found them near Dothan. But when they saw him in the distance and before he reached them, they plotted, underline this, to kill him. His brothers, flesh and blood. They plotted to kill him. And they then said to one another, here comes that dreamer here comes that dreamer. As they saw him from a distance and said, here comes that dreamer. And in their hearts, they wanted to kill him. What I've realized is this. People who carry a dream, people who carry a dream from God, more often than not, there are people around us who want to kill that dream. Who want to snatch that dream. Who want to stamp on that dream. Now let me underscore what I mean by dreaming big and just to give clarity to that. Because Joseph had a dream that was given by God. God had downloaded this dream to this young man. This was not him eating too much cheese. This was not him, you know, just away with the fairies. This was a dream from God that God had downloaded to him. You see, when we carry a God-ordained dream, it's always admirable. It's always worthy. It's always integrous. It's always selfless. It's never driven by the motivation of ego. Joseph was carrying a dream. He didn't handle it right because he said to his brothers and to his dad, You're going to bow one day, you're going to bow down to me. Now, actually, that was the dream, and that actually happened. He didn't handle it well, but he wasn't motivated by this need to, you know, be this big shot. You know, I've heard people announce all kinds of things, and I think what a load of bumcum. Well, I'd say bumcum is a load of rubbish. That's just motivated by selfishness. And, you know, I hear people who say, I've got a dream I'm going to win the lottery. If you were the 170 million quid winner today, thank you very much. We'd love to see the tithe come in. Remember, it's 10%. Okay, I'm joking. All right. But I hear people say they're going to play the lottery and they're going to do this, that, and the other for it. I want to say, what a load of rubbish. That's not a dream. And by the way, some people who dream of that, What it's usually fueled by is their own needs, their own selfishness. How many lottery winners have you heard? Sorry if you're here today, and you may be one of them, but most lottery winners I've ever read about have ended up, you know, they were happy and now they're divorced. (laughs) You know, they were kids and now the kids are estranged from them. They had this money and now it's all gone. Yeah, have you heard the story? Have you heard the reports? You know, I'm not talking about that kind of dream. I'm talking about something that is integrous and admirable and worthy. God wants to give you that. But listen to me, as God gives you that, it's very easy for others to ridicule the dream, to snatch the dream, to kill the dream from us. I just want to talk for a few minutes. I've, I've literally got half an hour with you. Half an hour with you. Some of you have had a dream in your heart that God has given to you in the quietness of your heart. It's not selfish. It wasn't motivated by ego. And you've allowed others To quash the dream. To snatch the dream. I want to encourage you again in God to dream again. To go and dream big. You know, there are many admirable leaders that have come through this town who carried a big dream in their hearts for what God could do in this town. But because of the ridicule of others, because of the challenges, because of the situations that surrounded them, they literally packed their bags and walked out of town. I want to tell you today, Arena Church, like I said, I'm not here to hype you up. I'm here to help you up. We're not about to do that. Even with the challenges, even with the difficulties, even though we may not know quite what the future holds, we know that God holds the future. We know that we have a security in God that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We're committed to seeing the desolation of this town reversed in Jesus' name. We're committed to seeing lives transformed. We're committed to seeing signs and wonders. That means healings break out to the left and to the right. We're committed to seeing new leaders raised up. We're committed to seeing prodigals return. We're committed to seeing crime figures drive down. I was praying yesterday morning and in every location I felt inspired to pray that crime figures in every location where we are would dramatically reduce, dramatically reduce. Why? Because the people of God are here and we're praying and we're bringing influence into the town. Can I hear an amen? That is what we're carrying and we've got to make sure that nobody and nothing stops us from that being quashed. I understand at the moment you're in some pain. I understand you're in some difficulties. Listen, we all have it. We all have stuff that challenges us, that touches us. Even a silly cold, like I've been three weeks, I've been trying to change. It can just drive you down. Your energy levels can drop, can't it? Yeah. Yeah? And you just feel a little bit sluggish and whatever. Even those things can just get a hold of you. You've got to just refuse those things. Yeah. Now we're pressing on into all that God has for us. God said he would never leave us yeah. and he would never forsake us. Yeah. God says, I'll go before you. Yeah. So I, when I'm here today, I'm going with God. I'm going with the strength of God. I'm going with the unction of God. I'm going with the anointing of God. I'm going with the blessing of God. Arena Church, we don't go alone. We don't go alone. God is with us. God is with us. So I want to encourage a dream in your heart. And you know the dream that God is wanting to give to you is not small. What is the point of dreaming small? If you're going to dream, you might as well dream big. If you're going to dream, why, why dream small? Dream big. I, I've always said to our children, because they're the ones that God has given us responsibility over, and I do say it to our leaders they have heard me say it, I say, guys, if, you, if you're going to go something, don't, don't think of it small. Go for it in Jesus' name. Go big. I say to the kids, if you're going to dream, carry something of, of substance in your heart. Don't settle like everybody else. Don't settle like everybody else. This world is full of settlers. This world is full of people who carried something and then said, no, 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 it's too difficult. And by the way, it is difficult because it is difficult. You have to contend in God. I'm talking to some Christian people now. You have to contend in God. It is difficult because it it is difficult. We're in a battle. We're in a war. We're in a fight. We're in a scrap. And you've got to fight for things. We don't do that with flesh and blood. We don't do that with aggression. We do it as we stop, drop, and we pray. And we call out to God, the name that is above every other name. The name that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is the Lord. That's where we come to. And we say, God, I'm going to contend in these areas. And I'm going to dream some big dreams. And I'm going to believe you. For the immeasurably more. So please, may I encourage you, don't dream small, dream big. But this is the problem. As we dream big, it leads us into a place called impossible. But this is exactly where God is. Jared, God resides in the place called impossible. That's where he resides. When when I said this recently, there was a lot of quizzical looks. People like looking as though... Really? I thought he resided in heaven. Just go with me for a moment. He resides in the place called impossible. You may say, well, how do you know that? Well, let me just tell you, because there's a pattern that I see repeated through Scripture. Has anybody here ever read the Bible? Just help me. If you've not, don't raise your hand. If you've, just help me. You, or you're reading your Bible. Okay, there's numbers of us. So there's a pattern that I want you to look out for in Scripture. You see, God doesn't intervene until something is humanly impossible it's at the place called impossible that they meet God because if it was humanly possible why would we need God if it's in your power if it's in your strength if it's in you to do this why do we need God because God says I've given you everything that you need but there are some things that we walk into, and I walk into, and you walk into, that actually this is beyond my human possibility. This comes to the point where God, only God can do this. Is anybody getting this this morning? This is really important. So as you're believing for prodigals to return, we can sing this. Believing for prod- This is the place called impossible. Because in the natural, your kids aren't returning. In the natural, your sickness is not being healed. In the natural, your circumstances are not turning around because it's beyond your human possibility. I'm not speaking to anybody here today, but I'm telling you, but as we walk in those places and as we dream big in our heart, we just lean into God and we say, God, this is an impossible situation. Then he says, oh, welcome. Now I'm here. It's at that point that God breaks in. You may say, well, prove it. Well, I've already given you some thoughts around the Bible, and you've got to seek them out yourself. But in my own life, there have been times when I've been trusting God. It's interesting how God takes you on a faith journey. You know, there's been times, I remember when I quit my job at the bank and went on a, a year training, ministry training. I had a good job at the bank. And, and, and stupidly, not stupidly the decision I would make, but I, I actually asked Caroline to marry me and then I quit my job. <laughs> well, that's not the most sensible thing in the world, is it? For the father-in-law and mother-in-law here in that. Think, well, how's he going to take care? Good question. How are you going to take care of my, my little girl? And that's what I did. I quit my job. They they asked if I'd stay on and offered me this, this arm the other I said no 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 this is what I'm doing they said okay then but we want you back so we're going to keep your job open for a year we you come back and see us in a year's time I said well I'll come and see you in a year's time because it's a year's course I had to trust God and believe God I'd had a little bit of savings but we had to pay for this course and we were travelling all over Europe and we had to pay for that so I just had to trust God it's amazing I don't know what the figures were but it was probably a few thousand pounds. It's amazing within the space of next to no times. I didn't ask anybody. But numbers of people came to me and said, we feel God's told us we need to give you this. And within, within next to no time. And I did a little bit of moonlighting as well over the year. Does anybody know what that means? I did a little bit of work, a little bit of work as well. You know, just you know to make a few quid. Because I knew that there was a wedding on the horizon and whatever. I mean, think it through deposits. We were living in the south of England. How are we going to get a deposit for a house? I didn't even think like that, Paul. I was just so in love with Jesus. I was, so in, I was so in love with my wife. Well, she was going to be my wife, and I was so in love with what God wanted to do. I was just dreaming big. I thought, i never even give any thought to things like a car and all those kinds of things. God met the need. I remember when we walked into taking a factory unit on in Ilkeston, some of you have visited it, where we've got food bank and you know, care for a coffee and a lot of things that are developing here. Uh, we took it from a little porter cabin and I said what do, Said to the team, what do they want? They said, well, we'd like a, a space. I said, I'll get you a factory. They all laughed at me, <laughs> but I got them a factory. Yeah. Now, did we have the money for the factory? This is what I'm trying to help you. No, we didn't. But I knew that God was speaking to us and God had opened this door because the man I can't go into I could tell you story after story there was a you know the landlord had heard about this I'd never met him he wanted far exceeding above what we what we were willing to pay and he says what are you willing to pay I said I'll give you 100 pound a week he said done we've got this huge factory huge factory so he, he opened the door so I thought okay well we're in so I said to the leaders, this was nine years ago. I said, this is what we're doing. I said, I'm going to do a little video and I'm going to go to the church and say, guys, we've got this space, way, but now we need 15 grand to convert it. We haven't got 15 grand. But as I put it out that morning, it was amazing. And the church hadn't got reserves of that kind of money to commit to it. You see, it's that place of humanly, it's not possible. And as we put it out, 15,000 pounds came in that morning. Boom. Amazing. And we're not a wealthy church. Arena is not a wealthy church. There's some great faithful givers, and thank you for your giving. If you're one of them, we appreciate it. And we'll manage your money really well and steward it really well. And we'll believe that God will bring the increase as well over your money. <laughs> and that's what happened. And then it leads us on to the... Tw- I keep tapping you. I don't know why. You know, It's because we're matching shirts. Do you like to... You're like that he wears it better than me absolutely but uh, you know yeah and then we walk into the 2020 giving people wondered what was it all about the first year we believe in God for 100,000 second year 100,000 third year 100,000 never done anything like this before in the life of the church and year one and many of you were you took it over the edge actually Mansfield 107,000 pounds it's enabled us to launch care for a coffee and do the, the kitchen in the, in the front. It's enabled us to plant churches. Wow. What I'm saying to you is there's a progression of faith. Yeah. I believed God for a few thousand, then we had to believe God for 15,000, and then God leads us into believing for 100 or 300,000. Guess what? I feel there's another naught coming on the end. <laughs> I don't know what it's for, but I believe there's something that God is going to walk us into that's just going to enable us to go and touch this world. You know why I stand here passionately the way that I do? I've calmed myself down a bit. And by the way, I've just gone off script of my notes, so I'm just going to have to give you three takeaways at the end. You know why I feel so passionate? Because this world so desperately needs Jesus. If you're here today, and you clearly are, and you don't know Jesus... You're going to have to figure it out for yourself, and you can do that by going through growth track. That's a good place to go through, a good place to talk to some of the leaders. You know, f- figure it out yourself. But I want to say it's my conviction that Jesus is the most amazing person. He is God. God is wonderful. God is good. God is kind. God is hope. God is peace. All those things that I look at when they come on the screen in the opening roll. He's all those things. And he wants to be all of those things to you. He really does. And he wants you to live in a big way. And that is why I'm here. Because I don't want you settling I don't want you just settling for this small irrelevant I know that sounds irrelevant life you weren't called to be irrelevant some of you have been told you're irrelevant I want to t- that is a lie from yeah, satan absolutely. you are not irrelevant yeah, yeah. you are so relevant yeah. you are so important you are so precious you are so unique you are so loved you are so loved you might not have been loved by this world, but I tell you what, you're loved by God. And if you're just coming to fellowship you know, with other Christians, you'll begin to be loved by others as well. But in that love, we begin to find a new dream. Let me give you a Bible verse, Ephesians in chapter 3. It's something that means a lot to us as a church. And it says there, Ephesians 3 verse 20, you're still with me? Is this okay? Now to him who's able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. Can I encourage every one of you, if you've got a Bible, and if you're, if you're into this, underline this. And actually, can I encourage you to go one step further? Commit this verse to memory. You remember the Bible course that I said that I went on my year out to go to the bank? This is one of the verses that I found. And I committed to memory. It's a long time ago now. It's 30 years ago but it stood me in good stead. It's actually become a little bit of a life verse to me because I have to say, I feel like I am, I joke with our Eleanor, I'm, li- I'm living my best life. I'm living the dream. You may say, really? Yeah, I'm living the dream. I really am. I'm, I'm living my best life. I can't believe that God would do something amazing with my life to bless other people. I, don't, I, I can't believe that I get to do it. I was pretty average at school. I just—I didn't excel at sports. I can't say I've really excelled at anything, if I'm honest. But So I'm pretty amazed that God would even allow me to get to do what I get to do and get to influence not hundreds of people. You need to know you're not just influencing hundreds of people. You're influencing thousands of people through all that we do. That is amazing. Because he's able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. There's a, there's a world-renowned, of-another-generation Bible teacher uh, and commentator by the name of Charles Haddon Spurgeon. Spurgeon wrote in his commentary about this verse that Paul the Apostle, who wrote these words, has constructed here in the Greek an expression which is altogether his own. You've got to listen to this. No language was powerful enough for the Apostle. For the apostle. And he translates it like this, the immeasurably more. He is able to do exceeding abundantly, so abundantly that it exceeds measure and description. Have you got that? He is able to do exceeding abundantly, so abundantly that it exceeds measure and description. And there's another commentator that says this. Therefore he, God, is able to do all things and able to do super abundantly above the greatest abundance. Wow! I've got to say that again. You're not lively enough. Okay. <laughs> Tap the neighbor next to you and say, you need waking up, son. You need waking up, dear. Come on. I'm going to say it again, and I'm looking for the big wow. Therefore, he, God, is able to do all things And able to do super abundantly above the greatest abundance. Wow. That is wow. That is wow. So whatever you are going through, the point is you're going through. And God is able to do super abundantly, exceed all the abundance beyond your wildest imaginations and dreams. I can testify to this. That God has carried me through things. And it's beyond my wildest imagination. I love what it says in another version. Let me just give you this. Never doubt, passion translation, never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve an infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream. And exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all for his miraculous power Constantly energizes you. You see, God is wanting to do so much more. The obstacle is us. We just won't believe God. We just don't. We don't trust God. How He's wanting us to trust Him. And I love what it says in the in the prayer journals that we we offered everybody who's who's part of this church. And I trust they're a blessing to you. The writer there. Two phrases, if we aren't willing to risk our reputation, we'll never establish God's reputation. That's the part of the problem. We never dream big because we'll just play safe. And why do we play safe? Because we're risking our reputation. I want to tell you, we are really putting our neck on the block. It sounds great, six campuses, it is. But we are still, this is the third weekend. We'll see what God does. There are some people who are wanting us to fail. I know they are. There's actually some Christian people who want us to fail. Shame on them, but that's where it's at, for whatever reasons. But I'm telling you, we're not about to play safe. We're not about to be stupid either. We're not not betting the farm. (laughs) We're being sensible. We're being prudent. But we're going to keep risking our reputation for his reputation. You see, Batterson... It says this, the greatest tragedy in life is the prayers that go unanswered simply because they go unasked. Wesley, you came and spoke to me a few weeks ago. I haven't asked for permission, but I'm going to do it anyway. You'll have to tell reprimand me later because you're an older man, okay? But he said the Lord really spoke to him about audacious faith and the widow persisting. And I said at the time, God was really speaking to me about this. It was confirmation to me. And I want to say that we are people who are going to keep knocking on the door and keep persisting. We do not want any unasked prayers. What are you needing God to do in this moment? I know some of your stories. What are you needing God to do? It's beyond my possibility. I can't do it. I don't have the power to do it. This church doesn't have the power to do it. But we serve and worship one who has the power to do anything. And he is able to do it. But we need to keep circling these things in prayer. We need to keep dreaming big. If I was to say to you, what one thing would you ask God to do? Just pause for a moment. What is the biggest thing you would ask God to do for you? What would it be? Would it be for that lost son and daughter to return? Would it be for cancer to be gone? Would it be for that issue, business wise, to be sorted? Would it be for a marriage to be healed? What is it? What is it? Let me tell you, God is able to do it. And he's not just able to do it if you. He's able to do it in the lives of others. I really believe that with all my heart. See, God doesn't just see you. He sees the world. But he's looking for people who will dream big. Three takeaways. My time's gone. I'm just going to have to give you, because I want to make sure that Josh knows that I've given you at least some um, notes uh, as the campus pastor. The first thing I want to say, if you're going to dream big, and these have helped me. Number one, God always uses the weak things to display his power. You may be sat there thinking, well, that's great. You say you're average, but I want average. I were poor. I were poor in school you know, I, I just, I wasn't smart, I found school difficult, or you don't know my track record, I've, I've, had, I've had difficulties with the police, I've had difficulties with substance abuse, it may be here today, you say, you, Christian, you must understand I've been divorced, not once, but twice, Christian, you, you need to understand some. I've been in debt, I've been, I've been bankrupt, you know, you, Christian, you must understand I've, I've been a filthy sinner. I've committed adultery not once but many times. I've stole from people. You know, listen, all these things are reasons that the world would say why you can't accomplish anything. Listen to me. But God always uses the weak things to display his power. It says in 1 Corinthians 1, verse 27, but God chose those whom the world considers foolish to shame those who think they are wise, and God chose the puny and powerless to shame the high and mighty. God takes the lowest, the weakest, the least equipped, and experienced the stutterers and the stammerers and the most sinful and the broken to display his power. Is anybody in in that? Yeah, I'm telling you. Secondly, God moves once we do. If you want to dream big, it's not just we have to get an understanding that he uses the weak things, but God moves once we do. Who's been reading the Draw the Circle devotionals? Great. There was one day where it talks about a farmer in Mississippi. M-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-P-I. Thank you, Gordon. That's the only thing I do know. But yeah, I learned it at school. Why on earth I learned that at school? But I I did. Okay. And the story goes, for those who haven't read it, they were praying for rain, and they were farmers, and they were very devout Christians, and there was no rain that was coming. It was destroying the crops. And so they called a prayer meeting. And as the farmers gathered, there was one particular farmer who came in waders. (laughs) It came in waiters and they all thought, what on earth have you come in waders for? He said, well, we're praying for rain and I believe it's going to rain even as we leave this place. Wasn't he glad that he was the most prepared because the deluge of rain came down and saved the harvest. But you see, the point is this, God moves once we do. You've got to take a move didn't give us the 15,000 then said go and take the factory he said go and take the factory and then I will give you that which you need am I talking to anybody today you've got to reach out you might be estranged from somebody you've got to reach out with a letter and believe that God is going to do the immeasurably more yes God moves Once we do, I haven't got more to say on that, but just look at Matthew 28, verse 20. His promise, I'll be with you. And Joshua 3, verse 2, it just says, follow the way of the Lord, and then you'll know which way to go. And thirdly, don't limit God, the God who knows no limits. Don't limit God, the God who knows no limits. If we want to dream big, again, Paul, you didn't know what I was going to talk about. But I want to say we've got to lift our sights and lift our eyes to God. Because as we just focus on ourselves, we become very small. But as we lift up our eyes and see God, we see the infinite power of God. He is kind and good and strong and mighty. He is incomparable in his great power, Paul tells us in Ephesians And if we are not convinced that God's power and grace know no limit, we will draw small circles. So I want to ask you, how big is your God? He's able to bring you divine appointments. Don't worry about meeting the right people if you meet with God. You don't have to seek opportunity. All you have to do is seek God, and if you seek God, opportunity will seek you. We don't need to worry about connecting with the right people here in Mansfield. Divine appointments are on, our, are on our way here, guys. They're on our way. They're on the way. Secondly, divine resources. He owns it all. I'd like him to do it immediately as I ask. Anybody know what I'm talking about? But it doesn't work like that because it's steps of faith. He owns it all. He owns the cattle on the, on the hills. He, 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 he's got it all sorted. I, am, I refuse to worry with regards to money. Because as soon as I begin to worry about money. My eyes are taken off the one who owns it all. Rather than on God. Do you understand? Yeah, yeah. He owns it all. Divine resources. And thirdly, divine wisdom. The Bible says if we lack wisdom. Let it ask God and he'll give you liberally. Three takeaways for you to really figure out and think through. As we begin to dream big, God uses the weak things. God moves once we do. Let's not limit God because God knows no limit. I want to declare this over your present and your future for you to dream big. I want to declare this over every pound and pence that you need and that we need. It will be met. I want to believe for faith for every campus that it's going to be filled and overflowing. I want to believe that the people will be blessed. My heart breaks for some of your stories, even this morning as I've come in, some challenges that you're facing. I'm believing and praying for blessing over you and your families. And I'm believing, and will you stand with us, believing for expansion across the M1 corridor and beyond. We're not trying to take the world like Arena is going to take the world, but we want the kingdom of God to forcefully advance. It's through the kingdom of God that strongholds come down, amen? It's through the kingdom of God that communities are transformed and I'm believing and dreaming big in Jesus' name. So I wonder if we'd just bow our heads. I wonder if the guys would come and help me on the platform. Thank you. for.